Guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around a corner. Hey guys, it's Pete with Starting Strength, giving you the rundown on everything that we have coming up for seminars. Next seminar up is February 5th through the 7th in Wichita Falls, then April 16th through the 18th, also in Wichita Falls. For lifting camps, we have our self-sufficient lifter camp on January 9th in Wichita Falls. We cover the squat, the press, and the deadlift, how to film yourself properly, and how to diagnose your own technique. We also have a deadlift and power clean camp on the list at Starting Strength Houston on January 16th. Just added a new squat and deadlift camp to the list January 23rd in Boise, Idaho. Numerous meets on the list, including an annoying amount of USAW meets in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning, along with a partner meet in Baltimore in December, and another strength lifting meet in Omaha. Starting Strength gyms are all open and operating where you can come in and get coaching for less than $30 a session. We continue to add cities to the list. Cincinnati was just announced, and Boston has found a location and signed a lease. For more information about locations or to request a location, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more information about any of the events that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday. And on Friday, there is Starting Strength Radio. I know that your Friday is not complete. Without it, neither is mine. Neither is mine. I, we've spent a lot of time doing this podcast, thinking about this podcast, editing the podcast, talking about it, getting ready to do it, doing it, recording it, enjoying it, worshiping it, buying it flowers and beer and stuff. And as a result, here we are on Friday, and it's Starting Strength Radio. Now, we are here today with our friend Ina Koppel. And Ina is uh, a former gym owner in the wonderful state of New York. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here in just a minute. But uh, Ina's with us today to talk about uh, uh, kind of the next phase of development in uh, uh, starting strength coach recruitment, employment, this sort of thing. And tangentially, we're going to talk about uh, probably really the, the, the greater issue here is the uh, transformation of the fitness industry in 2020. 2020 has been the shittiest year in anybody's lifetime, right? Now, I understand that if you were in Hiroshima in 1945, it was probably a pretty bad time. But you'd be very, very, very old if you were there. Uh, Ina and I aren't that old. I'm almost that old, but not quite. Ina's a young girl. And uh, uh, in our lifetimes, this this fucked up situation here in 2020 with everything that's gone on has just been a, uh, it's been a chore. And, um, 
it's changed a lot of things, hasn't it, hon? Yeah. I mean, this is uh, there have been some significant changes in uh, the business that we're in mm-hmm. and uh, in everybody's personal lives as well. And how are we uh, how are we dealing with this? What do you think? Uh, what's your general impression of what has happened in the fitness industry in 2020? You've been involved in in this business for a long time, as have I, and I've uh, this is the most transformative bunch of chaos that I've I've ever seen. Yeah, and and you know what's interesting is that some people think that things are going back to normal. <laughs> and I try to explain to them that things don't ever go back to the way they were. If that was true, we wouldn't worry about the future. But uh, Things are not going back to what normal used to be, certainly not after all of these uh, changes have happened to the fitness industry. Now, we're speaking exclusively fitness. I owned a fitness studio uh, for quite some time before opening up a starting strength affiliate gym. And I can uh, speak on the part of many fitness instructors or people who are just doing basic boot camps that they have been replaced with virtual products. So this disruption... uh, has displaced a lot of people from work. Uh, people don't want to go into fitness studios. And if they can get, you know, a company like SoulCycle or Peloton to jump around on a mirror product and they can work out at home, well, they're dumping their trainers for it. People would rather be home exercising than actually going to their studios. And so if you didn't really have a fitness certification that was of value, you can now easily be replaced with a virtual uh, AI type of system. And if so, you, if all you're doing is riding on a stationary bike, yeah. well, why not? Right. You and know, why not? Of, there's no difference. Oh, and there really isn't see, it. And then the, the net effect is exactly the same, isn't it? Yes, it absolutely is. And people would rather have a virtual product for their home and convenient when it comes to general fitness than to go out of their way Uh, Well, if they can go to a gym, uh, they might. But the truth is, uh, at this point, I think people are trading in their trainers, their aerobics instructors for a virtual product. And so that is not going back to normal. People will always want to have a blend between virtual and in-person when it comes to these types of spin classes and cardio classes. And I know because I've taught many of them. Mm -hmm. And... um, I see a lot of my co- my old colleagues really struggling. You know, they're teaching classes outside to four people because they can't teach indoors. And um, they're losing their jobs and places are getting shut down. I mean, we are not going back to whatever normal was. Well, and some of that is dependent on where you're trying to do business. Now, some states are, are uh, leading the way back to whatever that normal will become, like Florida. Uh, I think it's important to note that Florida is out Texas, Texas, thanks to our nutless governor. You know, he's not as bad as some, but you know, this is, this was not the time to, to just, uh, you know, sit around and, and hope that things would get better. We'd look to him for some, some leadership and he failed to provide it. Uh, uh, in Florida, however, uh, 
those guys are off of lockdown. I want you to also want all of you guys listening to me today to go to the internet and look at the death rate from COVID-19, from the deadly COVID-19 pandemic in Florida, which has come off of lockdown and is as open as any state in the United States. And notice the difference between that and everywhere else. And you'll find that lockdown has had no positive effect on this situation whatsoever. So if I was opening a, if I was operating a gym in, in, in Florida, for example, I might be a little bit more optimistic about my future chances than, for example, if I was operating a, a gym in, in New York or California. New York is essentially a police state at this point. They're quite similar to Victoria, state of Victoria in South Australia. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's, I guess, disappointing is the word uh, for the way uh, uh, my fellow Americans have behaved in this in this situation. Uh, they willingly accepted a hundredfold increase in government authority over their daily lives, and because they think it's going to make them safe, that's. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of them. I really am. Uh, and people like you who have been uh, financially whacked in the head by this shameful behavior uh, feel it most especially. Um, you know, I mean, Ina had a nice little club up there with a yep. wonderful clientele. We went up there several times a year for camps and uh, – seminars and uh had a great time up there but your governor has decided uh that his version of chairman mal is going to be the situation yeah we had a, a great facility and we would have sold out seminars and um it was a very successful business we raised a couple of starting strength coaches there and uh had interns and everything was running smoothly and, and, and well, as I think a lot of people would tell you, you know, uh, at the start of 2020. Oh, yeah. And that we would, were. Who we would were, have seen this coming, you know? We were forced to shut down. Uh, are any gyms in the state of New York open at this point? So um, in the city, no, they're not. Um, in some surrounding counties, there are some gyms that are open and they are limited capacity. That has not changed uh, since they set them at about 25% capacity. So, you know, which is exactly the capacity that it would take to not even pay the, the rent. Oh yeah. And uh, it's just, that's, you know, it's not a viable situation and governor or, or rather mayor Wilhelm is not, opened any of the gyms in New York City, since he owns them all, right? Yeah. Right. It's not possible to keep your gym open, especially when, um, you know, your your coaches, your trainers were collecting unemployment. They have no motivation to come back and to work 
and um, they're not working with the same amount of people they were working with before. It's just a disaster to the business, and it, it made it impossible for us to have hours open. And it's not only our business, obviously. I, how would you like to be a bar owner in, mm-hmm. in the state of New York, a restaurant owner? Uh, I, this is such a devastating development. And uh, it's uh, the same situation is uh, uh, is seen in, in various degrees of severity across the country. Uh, I think uh, in Texas, the bars are still closed, aren't they? No, they're all open, but with serving food, though, right? Yeah, you have to have food. You have to have food because if you have food available in the bar – then COVID-19 cannot be, cannot be transmitted in the presence of hors d'oeuvres. Is that right? Something to that effect. People have been put out of work with these restrictions. And I really honestly, um, you know, maybe five out of 10 uh, colleagues of mine have given up and closed. The rest are on their way down and they're in debt. Um, People are in bad shape here. And so um, after we closed down uh, our gym, because it was impossible to stay open financially, and we're still almost a year in and there's no progress really, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to take on a new position and help other people find work. And I think that starting strength is uniquely positioned to grow during a time when everyone else is shrinking. Well, that's a that's a good it's a good point, and that's uh, that's a wonderful uh, way to get into the meat of our discussion today. This is Friday, and uh, uh, those of you uh, that look at the website on a on a daily basis would have seen my essay that appeared two days ago regarding the new fitness industry. Uh, and the gist of this is that uh, the old fitness industry, that is the vast, vast, vast majority of the fitness industry, as it, as it has previously been constituted, has been based on the fact that the market for that industry regards the fitness industry services as recreational they regard them as recreation. And so does the government. The government considers a big globo gym to be the equivalent of a bowling alley. It is the same thing. It's a place where you go to have fun. And, of course, fun is not essential. Fun is not essential to a politician who's intent on expanding his little petty fiefdom. Right? Uh, so... You, you've got a you've got a situation where if you're going to Gold's Gym, if any of them are still open, uh, then you go there to exercise. You go there to, uh, you know, stop by after work. Five thirty, you hit the parking lot. You walk in with your your gym bag. You go in and change clothes, and you come back out and you uh, go over to the the dumbbell rack and wave the 20-pound dumbbells around for 15 or 20 minutes in new and exciting ways. And then you get on the treadmill and you ride the treadmill while you watch CNN. And uh, you get sweaty, right? 
and you do some lat pull downs and you you know you watch yourself in the mirror and admire your abs and then you go back to the uh, dressing room and you uh, go take a sauna get nice and sweaty uh, and go take a shower put your clothes back on uh, pick up your gym bag and go back out to your car supremely satisfied that you have accomplished something today and uh, you've had a good time you've engaged in recreation that's what you've done and the industry is predicated on that model they set the, the gym up in lovely decorative ways purple walls lime green equipment Mirrors. Mirrors everywhere. Um, you, you've you've got all of this, all of this going on, and every bit of it is headed in the direction of you having a good time, which is quite different than our model at Starting Strength. Our model at Starting Strength is training, and training at some point is not any fun. All right. Um, the kid that, that goes to, what is this thing across the street over here called crush or crunch or something crunch. like that? We got a new gym going yeah, in. Where it's a gold's, crunch fitness. Gold's folded up. Crunch fitness. One of these $10 a month places is going in across the street over there. And they slid in right at the right time. Oh man. They bought that property cheap. Oh, it's, they just were desperate to rent that to another gym. Going under. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're they're. That's quite a you know what? Bunch of smart bunch of people. Good for them. Smart bunch of people. Yeah. They, uh, but they, this is the same kind of a model. They're just you know you go over there to have a good time and you know look at the girls and and uh, play grab ass for 15, 20 minutes and and ride the bike and get sweaty and you know catch a pump, catch a sweat. Uh, go back out to the car, leaving having had a good time. Uh, at starting strength facilities, whether they're uh, our franchise gyms, affiliate gyms, gyms run by starting strength coaches, our paradigm is training. In other words, you come in to accomplish something today that is a little bit more than you accomplished last time. And this is a fundamentally different approach to uh, the fitness industry than is typical across uh, the, the greater market. And, uh, and my position on the thing is that we, we are not a recreational facility, and we are therefore not non-essential uh, any more than a school is non-essential. Uh, we are a, a place where some, where people come. We are an educational experience in that we are getting you stronger, smarter. You're learning things. You're coming in. You're getting something accomplished. Everything that you do in our gym is supervised. You don't just wander around from the leg extension machine to the pec deck to the treadmill. Uh, like you do in, in these recreational facilities. And our our services are at a completely different level. 
And uh, what Ina is trying to do now is to is to communicate this difference to the people that we need to work for us. We are in a position of growth. Ina, tell us about our growth situation right now. Well, it's really exciting to be, um, you know, to really be on my end representing Starting Strength Gyms at this point because not only are we growing and so we can be an asset to coaches, people who are seeking a career in coaching the Starting Strength Method, but also we are an opportunity for the serious trainee who understands the value of becoming strong to preserve their health and to ward off death. For those people who are serious about their training, we now have a growing number of gyms that will be available. And this in particular has to do specifically with the starting strength method. Now we're not just talking about opening the general gyms, like Rip said, that are for recreation, no. This is specifically a gym that is designed around a starting strength method. And like I tell many people, when you walk into a franchise gym, it's as if the starting strength book has come alive. You see the words of Rip on the wall. You see his racks. The system of training that's being used in the gym is exclusively starting strength. And I think that the brand has gotten its message across to people all over this country that being strong is essential. And especially during a time like this, when people are afraid for their health, afraid for their freedom, afraid for everything that might be taken away from them, they feel very empowered by the fact that when they become stronger, it changes their mental status and they can do something about all of that fear, all of that instability. And to our pleasant surprise, starting strength gyms have just exploded in numbers. Where we had four gyms open previously, we are now in the process of getting 38 gyms open all over this country, and that number is growing soon. Two or three a week, mm -hmm. serious inquiries about, uh, about how uh, a person who realizes the, the viability of our model can invest with us and... Uh, and uh, this has created um, a situation where the bottleneck for us at this point is qualified help. Yes. We do not hire pen setters. Mm -hmm. If you've got a, a bachelor's or even a master's degree in some version of PE, physical education, whether it's biomechanics or uh, exercise physiology or uh, whatever your school calls it, it's a PE degree. And you have to understand that that does not qualify you to teach what we teach in our gyms. Mm -hmm. uh, you are, um, I can't imagine a more worthless piece of paper than a bachelor's in PE right now. Uh, I, I don't, I, you know, maybe a bachelor's in uh, some form of grievance studies, you know, maybe a bachelor's degree in gender history or gender studies. gender studies or criminal justice or something like that that you've been sold. But that a PE degree is absolutely the same level of useless. Uh, 
if you haven't learned in your degree, and I know you haven't, how to correctly teach a person to deadlift, then, and you don't know anything about why it's correct, why it's incorrect, all that, you're going to have to learn that if you want to work for us. Now, I understand that you may not want to work for us because I'm an asshole and I'm pink and fat and all this other shit. But our point here today is that our businesses are viable in this environment where all of these other gyms have been declared non-essential and can be declared non-essential at any time. In other words, if you are a pin setter at Gold's, you, my friend, are on thin ice. And you can't make that ice any thicker because the, the, the decision about whether that gym is open is out of your hands. It's out of your control. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that the decision that uh, started strength gyms stay open is out of our control as well. But I will tell you that all four of our starting strength gyms are open right now. Mm-hmm. They're open. And we are not going to close them down. You know, we, we'll just see what happens. But we're taking a different approach to this. We don't think we're non-essential. We regard ourselves as being essential, and we can make a case for that. And if you look at the situation inside of our gyms, you'll see that social distancing, that's the most aggravating motherfucking word I've ever... Just suddenly, one day in March, everybody started saying the word social distancing. Well, it's physical distancing. It's not social distancing. It's, it's not what it is. Social distancing is when I don't take your call. That's I, called ghosting. That's, yeah, that's called ignoring you. That's social. I'm distancing myself socially from you. But we're talking about physical distancing. Our... Our coaching and our activities in our gyms are conducted at a distance. Yes. Uh, just it's inherent in the in the way we execute our our training programs. Uh, you know, I don't like to see people wearing masks in the gym because it restricts your ability to breathe. And the last rep of a heavy set of five, you had better have access to all the air you can inhale. All right, so I don't like to see that. But I mean, if you, I guess if you want to wear a mask in our gyms, you can go ahead and do it. If you can stand the social pressure against it, because I'm going to laugh at you. I'm sorry. I'm just what I'm going to do. I'm going to laugh at you. Uh, we have uh, uh, at Wichita Falls Athletic Club. We're now we're not a starting strength gym. We're an affiliate. Uh, I haven't ever closed. I was a bad boy. And I didn't close when I was supposed to. And nobody in the gym's ever worn a mask. And everybody's fine. Everybody's just fine. I think that um, that goes to the point that stronger people are not dying. Uh, stronger not people. I don't know any 30-year-old power lifter that's died of the deadly Rip, COVID-19 I've, I've pandemic. I've had two clients, two clients in their <coughs> 60s, their mid-60s, who have had hard jobs, who are beat up. Mm-hmm. They both got COVID. They were sick for one day, maybe one, two, yeah. and then they're fine. I had it in March. 
I was sick for about a day and a half. And I'm 64. Are you really? I tar- I it's hard to believe. It's, it's hard, hard to believe, I know. <laughs> Especially when you look at me naked, it's it's almost impossible to believe that I'm, that I'm 64. No one would ever guess that. The oldest I've ever had anybody guess my age at was like 47 or something like that. But that's a good point that you make. I think that a lot of people who contact us about training at a gym uh, feel much more comfortable coming into a setting where it's a controlled setting. Uh, it's a structured group training process. You have about 11 feet separating you from the next person. You have your own equipment. And so people who are weary during this time and want to be in a safe training environment understand that this is a controlled environment and they feel more comfortable joining this type of gym. And that's why we haven't lost um, many members. It's because people understand, number one, the value of what they're learning there. And number two, they feel comfortable training in the starting strength gyms because of the setup. Right, because when you come into the starting strength gym, before you walk in the door, everything you're going to do today is already written down for you. You know where you're going to be in the room. You know all your sets, all your reps, all your weights. You know where all the weights are. There's no uh, wandering around. This is a training environment. Mm -hmm. It is not a recreational environment. And this comforts people who are in need of comfort. You know, uh, one of the most important things that I've always said about um, training for strength is that it uh, uh, it it produces uh, an awareness in a person who may not be aware of it previously that you are in fact in control of what happens to you. The results of training are directly and absolutely proportional to the effort that you put into this activity. Training doesn't just happen to you. You control it. And the outcome of training is yours to control. And this is an extremely important lesson in today's fucked up environment. It really is. You People have had their businesses and their livelihoods and their work and their income jerked out from underneath them from no for no fault of their own. And this one little aspect of their existence remains under their control. And it's extremely important to not take that away from people. And we're not going to do it. And they know it, too, because uh, the, the, the one thing that people held on to when we were shut down in New York is my barbell club, the affiliate gym side of my facility. Every single trainee knew enough, inherently knew that they had to hold on to their strength. And the first thing we did is equipped every member that wanted a barbell with equipment so that they could train at home thinking this wasn't going to last long. But every strength trainee, before the shutdown, they weren't running around buying toilet paper. They were trying to get equipment because they knew that if they stayed strong, they could combat whatever was coming their way. They could help themselves with reducing fear and they were not going to give up their strength because if you give up your strength, you give up your health. And and here's another. This is a real good, uh, real good uh, uh, 
point to be made about the change in the market in, in our end of the fitness industry. Uh, you have just, uh, with the stroke of a pen, every governor in the country that shut down the gyms just created a huge market for barbell equipment. Now, nobody puts a 10-station Nautilus setup in their garage because it doesn't fit, right? But I'll bet, I, I can't imagine the number of racks and bars and the, the sheer volume of plates that have been sold over the past six months. A, a giant new market for home gym, barbell gym equipment has been created overnight. It's still sold out. Uh, yeah. It's still sold out to this day. Yeah, I mean, there's no inventory. No. You know, everybody is sold out. Our friend Grant Brogy out in California started a, a a barbell plate company. He's got Strength Co. plates for sale. He's probably sold out by now. That first batch, I'm quite sure, is gone. And he's ordering. He's trying to keep up with his orders. Uh, sure. Starter Strength bars have been sold out. Uh Caps Welding has been having a hell of a time getting bar stock because this people do not understand, you know, how big a perturbation in the giant world economy this thing has caused. Economies, as it turned out, are very complicated things. And if uh, Caps can't get bar stock, they can't make barbells. I mean, they're standing around waiting on orders of raw material. Everybody yeah. else is, too. Yes. Some raw materials are in very, very short supply. In some cases, there's a glut of raw materials because of the fact that it's just not being used in this economic downturn. You realize there's absolutely no market right now for recyclable aluminum? None. That's right. Those beer cans you used to sell? They're of no value whatsoever. You just throw them in a landfill now because aluminum is not being used for anything anymore. And, you know, it's just it, who could have predicted the difference between bar stock and aluminum? No. You know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, this is why centrally planned economies don't work. This is why socialism doesn't work. It's why it's never worked. It's why it's never, why it never will work because it physically is impossible to know all of the economic variables in an extremely huge multivariate system. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's what prices are for. That's why socialism doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And why the free market must be allowed to persist. And our part of the free market is being fucked with. And mm -hmm. as a result, a lot of people are out of work. If you are out of work and you intend to remain in the fitness industry, what we're here to tell you today is maybe you should consider upping your game and getting ready to try to investigate the potential of obtaining our certification. You know, I have to tell you that I speak to, we get hundreds of applications for apprentices for the starting strength gyms. And many times I'm taking calls with candidates who are sitting in their car um, in between their gym shifts and they don't have clients anymore so they're just cleaning the gym floor and they're telling me you know I spent all this money on a college education 
and I don't have a job. Nobody is hiring for strength and conditioning. People don't want average trainers. Gyms don't have enough business. And um, I explained to them that really the starting strength credential functions as a technical institute of sort. Because at the end, you will come out with a skill, a skill that is sought after right now more than any other skill in the fitness industry. And I don't even like using the word fitness when it comes to what starting strength does. Yeah, it doesn't really describe what we do at all. I'll tell you what. I had a client that said it to me best. She said, I said to her, you know, she was not a barbell trainee. She worked out on our, you know, boot camp side of the gym. And I said, what are you going to do? You know, the gym's closed. She said, oh, you know, I'll just starve myself. And that's in comparison to the barbell trainee who said, no matter what, I just got to get a bar and a couple of plates and I'm good. You know, and it's such a it's such a different way of thinking because the person who's just engaged in fitness classes for the sake of sweating knows that all they have to do to to see the results they want is to starve themselves. They don't really need their fitness classes or their trainers. And that's why these trainers are really out of work. Right. Because Um, their metric is not our metric. Our metric is strength. Their metric is skinny. Right. And it's it's such a completely different uh, mindset. It's two completely different worldviews. I have trainees to this day who are reaching out to me saying, Ina, I, I, I just need to get my, you're right. This is lasting longer than I thought. I need to be doing my workouts. I need my starting strength. I need my program. I need to get it back. So I usually have to stock them with equipment, send them links. They get on a site where they get notified if the items are sold out. But the trainee says to me, I don't want to lose my strength. And the fitness person says, I'll just starve myself until the gym opens again. And that is why trainers are out of work. But if you're specifically looking for a trade, like having a skill, like coaching the starting strength method, that is in high demand. The amount of inquiries we're getting and the amount of gyms coming open is, is creating a demand for starting strength coaches in particular. And the people who have trained using the starting strength method know that the method uncovers something that they find to be true. You see, I tell everybody that the difference between barbell training using the starting strength method and barbell training using any other type of random exercise regimen is that the, the model of starting strength and how we do the lifts is what gives the tool meaning. The barbell training exercises have meaning behind them because you're discovering something that's true out there in the universe, whether it's the way that the body functions, the way that, you know, we adapt to stress. You see, it isn't just the movements that we coach. It's the programming that starting strength uses, which is very specific and very sought after because who else can help you make progress no matter who you are from an athlete that's never really reached their level of of strength that they should have to uh, a frail senior who's terrified of of breaking bones and becoming frail and winding up in a hospital that, you know, is overloaded right now. Like this is a completely different ball game and starting strength is being sought after. We are constantly being contacted to be online coaches during this time or to see people in person. I'm not being contacted by any other certification that I've had. And as a result, the demand for starting strength coaches has grown. Our gym has grown. Because usually the investor who's choosing to open a starting strength gym 
has done starting strength themselves have been through the the NLP and they know the value of it. And so they want to give this to other people. And I'm specifically looking for people who are going to be top-notch coaches working at these facilities because we've reached a bottleneck where the demand has grown so big for the gyms during a time where we didn't expect it to, 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 we need our coaches staffing these gyms. It's, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And people are thrilled that someone's hiring. Well, Ina sent me an article today I hadn't seen before. This is, this is something we talk about in uh, the seminars every month. Uh, this was a men's health article entitled, How I Became a Certified Personal Trainer Overnight. Right. If you want to look this up, it's pretty amusing. Uh, it's the date on it's June 4th, 2019. And uh, the author, Jeff Tomko, uh, details the process by which he obtained a personal trainer certification in like an hour. And uh, it, it, it really is a fascinating thing that uh, the industry, the broader industry, realizes that they need some kind of way to differentiate the staff on the floor from the members on the floor. Uh, the, um, the amusing thing about it is that the methods that they've come up with to certify these people do not guarantee that there's a difference at all. Uh, a knowledgeable member uh, could pass any of these certifications much more easily than their, sure. the kid that uh, comes out of the ex-phys department at the four-year university. Uh, and he lists several examples of this. There's uh, the 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 one that I always uh, refer to is the American something something College, College of Fitness Science <laughs> Examiners or something. You don't pay if you don't pass. Which one is that? It's in here. I, I just read it. I can't remember which one it is. And. Uh, so the, the article starts off making a decent point, and then he gets completely lost because he doesn't understand that the certifications that he uh, regards as the gold standard are just the same bullshit as everybody else's. They're all the same. They're all exactly the same. They have virtually everybody passes. I think the, he actually still refers to the NSCA's Certified strength and conditioning specialist as the gold standard in the industry, and he, oh God, he thinks it takes a lot of preparation to. Uh, I've got a lot to get of all of this, and and it's it's rigorous and all this other shit. It's a multiple choice question test. I don't know how you fail the CSCS. I don't know how you'd fail that if you've done any preparation at all, and that that certification uh, is is a ticket that you punch. As you're leaving the door from your four-year ex-phys degree, that's everybody that has a PE degree has a CSCS. Mm -hmm. There, there are very few exceptions to that. And you know what, what? What was disturbing to see, in addition to this, was that it wasn't just that trainers and gyms were shut down, but physical therapy clinics were also deemed non-essential. Well, I, you know, I I agree with that, Nina. I, I couldn't, uh, 
I couldn't agree with that more. Physical therapy clinics are wonderful places to waste a hell of a bunch of money because the people working in the physical therapy clinic are those kids that just got out with a PE degree and a CSCS. And they're in there holding your hand while you squeeze a ball and, uh, you know, raise your arm over your head 10 times and straighten out your leg, you know, for a set of 10 quad sets, you know, quad sets have those strength and everything. The starting strength coaches who also have physical therapy degrees, uh, they weren't working in their physical therapy practice during the time when it was shut down. No. They were doing their online coaching. They were using their starting strength credential to work. Well, so, uh, it, I was going to mention this. We, we've had uh, uh, at every one of our uh, seminars for the past several years, we always ask everybody at the at five o'clock, how many of you people have got a CSCS or any other certification from NASM or ACE or AFA or whatever, you know, certifying agency. And we'll have a, a show of hands. And then I'll ask them all, oh, how many of you people have been contacted this week for your services because you have those certifications? And not one time in the past 10 years has anybody with one of those certifications raised their hand and told me that they were contacted this week because they are a CSCS. And then I'll ask all of the starting strength coaches in the room, how many of you have been contacted this week about your services because you are a starting strength coach and every one of them will raise their hands. It's a completely different thing because our certification is hard. Our pass rate is about 15%. It usually takes twice to get through this evaluation process. The vast majority of the time, you don't pass this the first time you come. Unless you've really, really been prepared under the supervision of somebody who knows how to prepare you to get through our credential. You, you're just not going to pass the first time because we're not granting a certification. The other places exist to grant a certification. Mm-hmm. Our assumption when you show up at a starting rate seminar is that you are going to fail unless you prove to our staff that you are operating at their level. And that is a completely different paradigm, a completely different paradigm. You have to demonstrate before you can even take the, the uh, theoretical part of the test, which is now a, a two-hour uh, oral interview, uh, you have to demonstrate that you can coach barbell training on the platform before we'll even let you hear the questions. If you can't coach, if you can't function as a coach with a client in a controlled, high-pressure setting, then you do not pass. And we are the only certification in the entire industry that approaches the problem that way. Now, this is, has been a problem, hasn't it? Because, yes, it has because been a problem. we don't have enough coaches. But we have always said that we will not water the quality 
of this certification down just to solve this problem. So this is what Ina's job is now. All right. Her job is to find you people who can, in fact, get ready and pass this thing and help them get through it. How are you? How are you approaching that? Well, now these guys are really fortunate in that uh, you have a starting strength online prep course that helps to streamline the learning process for them. Now, when I was becoming a coach, I had to teach all the material to myself. I had to, um, I didn't have anyone to follow and to learn under. And so it took me a lot longer and I didn't know where I was going to work afterwards. Obviously, you know, I could work in my own gym, but if I was on my own, you know, there was no real process to this. Um, so now we have a prep course that it, within six months, you can complete the modules that help prepare you for the platform test out and the oral board. So uh, I only choose candidates and I cherry pick them from the prep course, because if you're interested in certain strength and teaching it to yourself, I don't care how motivated you are, unless you have signed up for the prep course and started studying in a way where, you know, we're guiding everything that you're doing. This has been designed to help teach you from the basics, you know, because people reread the book, they get lost, they get, you know, discouraged, they don't know the sciences, but in the prep course, everything is being streamlined. And so everything builds on itself and you get a starting strength coach as a mentor to help answer questions for you. And I know that if you're in the prep course, you're serious about this process, you're being educated properly, and you're basically entering a technical institute where you come out with a skill that particularly gives you the knowledge of how to coach these lifts in a group setting and prepares you to answer questions for clients and to doctors and to really function as a professional in your field. So we have uh, people who show interest and the first step in the apprenticeship is to start lifting yourself, to go through the novice progression, read the book, watch all the videos, sign up for the prep course, and then I'll talk to you. Because there's so many people that apply to this, but um, we're interested in the dead serious candidates who understand the value of this and who want to be starting strength coaches right. in, in if, a gym. If you're not serious enough about this, to so have far. gone through the novice, at least the novice progression yourself, then you're insufficiently serious. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's real important to understand this because uh, people who are waving their legs around in the, in the Globo gym doing leg extensions and pec decks don't understand human movement. They don't understand solving a balance problem under a barbell. They don't understand what happens on the fifth rep of the third heavy set of squats for that day. And if you don't understand it yourself, you can't coach it. And the only way to understand it, the only way to learn it is to do it. So if you have not gone through the process of squats, presses, deadlifts, bench presses, power cleans, uh, incrementally loaded over months of training, then you don't understand it and you cannot communicate it to anyone else. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we understand very, very well that most people do not understand is that you cannot coach a movement pattern that you have not performed at some level of expertise yourself because you 
filter your observations of the athlete you're coaching through the experience base that you have accumulated while doing the same movement. And Dr. Bradford goes through this extremely important concept on the video on our website called The Coaching Eye. Uh, To my knowledge, no one in physical education has approached that problem from this, from her standpoint. And uh, in terms of movement coaching pedagogy, that is a groundbreaking video, a groundbreaking examination of the, of what actually happens during coaching. And yet the uh, exercise science community continues to ignore it because she hasn't got a tenured chair at a four-year institution teaching three sections of ex-phys. It's just, it's just absolutely amazing uh, that here's this, that it's a, it's, I cannot overstate the importance of people who are trying to be coaches watching that video. It's called the coaching eye. It explains so very much about what you have to do if you're going to effectively coach movement, any movement, not just barbell exercise, but any movement. And uh, if you haven't watched that, go to, go to, as soon as you get through watching this podcast, go to our website and, and look at the coaching eye. Well, and in addition to being able to coach the lift, uh, what's very specific to starting strength is also the way that we program the lifts. And your programming uh, is, is really just as valuable as the model for coaching the lifts. And we want to see that people understand how to apply that, uh, that programming to individuals through various phases of their training They have to understand what stress recovery adaptation is. And, uh, you know, before starting strength, I had never heard of anything except, you know, go hard, push hard. Recovery wasn't talked about. Uh, Balancing volume and intensity. um, Working with people who were, uh, who had disabilities, who had ailments. The programming is just as unique as the physical model of coaching lifts. And that's something that these uh, aspiring coaches will be taught in the prep course as well. And they have to, like you said, experience it themselves to really understand what we write out on paper. The programming is as specific as the physical movements are themselves. And every starting strength gym doesn't just function as a place for trainees to train. It functions as a career development center for aspiring coaches. The starting strength community works together. Um, We're invested in helping other coaches who are up and coming get the experience they need and seeing enough trainees move on the platform so that they can get the experience they need to pass. But like you said, this isn't a frivolous place where you come to just hang out, a place of recreation that is non-essential. Starting strength gyms are career development centers for aspiring coaches. They're places of education where we hold seminars and camps. And this is a completely different uh, system than a general gym. These are essential places for people and the trainees know it and the coaches know it and it's sought after. 
So we are looking to hire people who want to specifically work with the starting strength model with its programming and who are looking to work in starting strength gyms because um, before where you graduated from your college and you got a degree that now doesn't help you with employment and you're sitting at home because you're just a CSCS trainer and nobody's calling you and your places are closed because they're non-essential and even if you're a physical therapist who is seen as non-essential. I mean, this is the time. This pandemic has exposed all of these programs who are just stealing money from young kids in school claiming that they're going to come out with some sort of future. <laughs> That's a, that, you know, that you've hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, an honest college program would tell you up front, we can't really get you a job in this field. Now, I understand that college is not supposed to be uh, a vocational uh, program. I understand that an English degree is not a vocational program. But and I understand that a history degree is this is academic inquiry. I understand that. But a PE degree, a four-year PE degree, it's just it, the the level of of uh, of dishonesty there is uh, is amazing because uh, the people that run that that program know damn good and well that all of those kids think they're going to go to work in the fitness industry, and they can't. If the industry has taken a blow like it has just taken. Now, I understand that not everybody understood, everybody saw this coming. All right. But it points to the fact that there is no inherent value in a four year PE degree. All right. Now, my advice for you right now, if you are entering your junior year, in a four-year PE degree is to not spend any more money on it. Uh, I, I made some recommendations at the end of this article that you read on Wednesday. Uh, you need to know some science, okay? You need, to, you need to either take, stop taking your PE courses and go sign up for freshman chemistry so that you'll know something when you get through. Sign up for freshman physics. Mechanics, wave, motion, and heat is what they used to call that first course. Uh, your school probably calls it something else, but sign up for that. Sign up for some biology courses. Get through general physiology. You don't need the degree. You certainly don't need a PE degree. And at Starting Strength Gyms, we don't hire degrees. We don't even ask you what your degree is. You may mention it, and it might be interesting, but we're interested in your competence, your expertise, your experience. We understand that when you come to work for us, you may not have any experience, and we will provide that. But you have to have a background understanding of what it is we're going to have you do. If you don't know what a moment arm is, you know, you, you need to come in with that. You need to learn that yourself. You need to bring something to the table. You need to bring the experience with you of what it took you to get your squat up to 405. Okay. These are things that we can't give you 
in any prep course. These are things that you have to be responsible for. So my advice to you would be to, you don't need a four-year PE degree for anything. There's nothing you're going to do with a four-year PE degree. Let me give you a little hint. There's nothing you're going to do with a master's in PE either. All right. We have people show up, you know, has been at seminars with us for years. People show up at the seminar with a master's degree in some version of PE, biomechanics, exercise physiology, and come up to us at the end of the, of the, of the weekend and say, you know, I learned more practical stuff this weekend than I had in the six years I've got in this degree. How many times have you heard that, huh? I mean, we hear it all the time. That's just what normally occurs. And, and they tell me, you know, that they're being taught by professors who themselves don't really train. They don't really participate in the thing that they're teaching. So The coaching eye. Watch it. Mm-hmm. The coaching eye. Watch it. And uh, I speak to a lot of candidates who are really relieved to hear that there is a process by which they could be taught, you know, in this sort of uh, trade program where they will come out having the skill and, and becoming a coach that's in high demand, whether they're working for a gym or not. They're relieved to know that in just a short period of time, they could work again. I mean, I speak to young kids, I speak to people with families. I just spoke with a mother who had just had a baby and she just lost her position as a trainer in a gym and she doesn't know what to do. And she was really enthusiastic about the starting strength method method and tried it herself. And the convenience of being able to do the prep course at home online while she is, you know, trying to get her life back together. She was thrilled to know that that process was available to her and that she could really change her life now, turn it around and you know, within a year, you know, be in a facility working doing a dream job that she wanted. You know, so it's it it's it makes me sad to hear all of these people who are out of work who have been fooled by uh, institutions that took advantage of them and sold them a degree that is now Mm -hmm. non-essential. And at the same time, at the end of our conversations, there's hope and that they found starting strength and they know that now they can build a career for themselves in just a few months and that they have this huge support system. I mean, we have gyms opening all over the country and you know what, Rip? More people are willing to relocate now than ever because if you're living in California, you want the hell out. Well, let's talk about relocation. Our, uh, we've got uh, about 30, uh, in excess of 35, what you say, 38 gyms in various stages of completion uh, at this point. We've got commitments from people for quite a few of these gyms. We've got, we're looking for leases. We're looking for people to staff. You may have to move. Uh I'm sorry, we're not going to put a gym in a market because the employees live in the market. That's not how markets work. We're going to put gyms in markets where the gym can fill up. And you may have to relocate. And I'm sorry about that. But, you know, when I'm, I'm 64. I'm not interested in moving to South Dakota right now. Although I probably should be, 
because of just the inertia. I mean, I own property here, and, you know, I'm pretty entrenched in North Texas. And, uh, you know, our other little place in Colorado, back and forth between the two, is sufficient for my needs. But if I were 25 and I was in a shitty situation where I am right now, I'd get in the car, put all your shit in the back seat, what doesn't fit in the back seat, get new shit later, and go somewhere while it's still easy enough to do where the opportunity for you to thrive actually exists. Because if you're in a situation right now, if you're in New York, like poor Ina, she's essentially trapped by the inertia in New York right now, but she'll eventually have to move. You, if you're mobile, and I assure you, you're more mobile than you think you are, all right? You, you may have to move. And if we open up a gym in a location and you have the slightest interest in working for us, then you might ought to give some thought to putting your shit in the car because that's what it's going to take. Oh, Rip, they are. Everybody that I spoke to, maybe, <clears throat> maybe really over 90% of the people that I'm speaking to, and they're anywhere from ages, you know, 25, you know, 20 to uh, 40. Um, and I'm also speaking to veterans. And um, at the present time, we even have uh, a program with veterans that supports veterans through this process as well. So I speak to people of every age and they all want to relocate just to have the opportunity of working in a starting strength gym. And um, another thing that's attractive to them is I explained to them, you know, some people ask, why isn't there a gym in my city? And I said, well, we put gyms where there's the most amount of interest so that you don't have to struggle to attain clients. These clients are given to you. All you have to do is coach. It's not your job to get clients uh, like you had in your previous job. And so for yeah. us to ensure that, we have to put them in gyms. <clears throat> in places where there is demand. At the present time, we have gyms open in Austin, in Dallas, in Houston, and in Denver. And I've opened my spreadsheet here. Uh, we've got signed uh, gyms opening in Chicago, Boston, a second gym in Denver, second in uh, Dallas and Plano, Dallas, a third gym in Dallas, Coach Carter's kicking butt, Los Angeles, Houston, a second gym, Vancouver, Washington, Hillsboro, uh, Boise, two gyms, San Antonio, Cincinnati, and we have interest in Memphis, Oklahoma City, two gyms, Columbus, Seoul. And, and by interest, we mean people we've talked to that uh, are who are going to sign the franchise agreement. Yes, absolutely. These are people that are that have contacted us <clears throat> that have sought after this franchise. They want to open gyms. And we're working with them now on helping them through the process. We've got Orlando, Tacoma, College Station, Atlanta, and the list goes on. And these are people that we're currently working with. And so in the in the next month, you're going to be hearing more and more announcements of more gyms opening in cities near you. And so parallel to this, we also have a prep course and a streamlined process where we are putting these uh, candidates into a pipeline of education and then they attend seminars and coaching academies where we could further evaluate them. I put them into contact with these gym owners early on in the process so that they understand 
that you know we make the introduction so that they understand that the opportunities lie here and here. This isn't like come get a degree, we hope you get a job. This is do your best, become a starting strength coach. Here's the job waiting for you. And that's that's a different kind of ball game. Now not everybody gets hired. And you know this doesn't guarantee you a position. You have to earn it and you have to be the best because we only hire the best. So the quality of the coaching makes a big difference, and that's why the gyms are successful. The but reason we're doing this program today is to let you understand that we need you. Okay? We have to grow. Not growing is not an option. This product, there's a demand for it. We've sold in excess of three-quarter of a million books. Okay, Starting Strength is the is the number one selling book on barbell training in the history of the printing press. Lots and lots of people are carrying this book around in their gym right now without any supervision. There is a market for this product. The bottleneck right now is staff, and you are the answer to that problem. Okay, and what, what Ina is telling you is something you need to listen to. If you aspire to be better than a pin setter at a recreational model globo gym, all right? If you want to be a coach instead of somebody that just wanders around in the floor with a sh shiny shirt that says trainer, you know, and, 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 you know, your entire coaching vocabulary consists of one more rep, you know, we're, if you want to be better than that, then we need, we want you to talk to us about it. All right. And, uh, Ina, how do they get a hold of you? So they can get a hold of me at startingstrengthgyms.com, and you can look up the tab Work at a Gym. And it, on that page, you will find a questionnaire where you put in your personal information, and I'll contact you. And we'll talk about your present experience, what your aspirations are, and if you're a candidate for an apprenticeship, and I think that you have potential of becoming a starting strength coach, we'll start you in the pipeline, uh, start you in the prep course. And the goal would be to achieve your starting strength credential so that you could you know, work at a starting strength gym. Now, again, I emphasize to everyone, this doesn't guarantee that everyone who enters the pipeline will come out with a position in a starting strength gym. But if you're the best of the best, we're looking for you. We want to hire you because starting strength gyms produce quality, produce a quality training experience. And this is in particular for coaching the starting strength method. This isn't just to become a trainer. We're looking for talented, motivated people who have a lot of integrity in their field and want to coach the starting strength method at a gym. Our gyms are growing and the demand for coaches is growing. And I'm here to help everybody through the process and to identify the right coach, the right fit for the right gym. Well, uh, I think it's an important message. Uh, this, uh, this podcast may seem like an advertisement kind of, and you know, in a, in a certain way that it is all right. Not everybody that watches this podcast is going to be interested in what we have to say today, but I'm quite sure that some of the people that are interested enough in starting strength who watch the podcast on a regular basis 
are going to benefit from this information. I want you to, guys that are, that are in this situation to think about this. All right? Give it some serious thought. If you'd like to be in this business, you already know that our end of this business is viable. And it's a much more viable end of the business than the recreational clubs, than the big gyms, than the recreational facilities where you go to just have a good time and exercise. Our approach is fundamentally different. You already know that. That's why you watch this podcast on a regular basis. And if you'd like to join us in this business endeavor, get a hold of Ina. Ina, I-N-N-A, at startingstrengthgyms.com. Communicate with her, and uh, she'll set you on the path toward uh, employment in a starting strength gym. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, um, we appreciate your efforts. Ina is one of our most important people, and we just love her completely. So uh, you will, too, <laughs> once you get to know her. But uh, she, she's going to help you. All right. So get a hold of her and, and let us uh, hear from you. Okay. Thanks for being with us today. And thank you for joining us at Starting Strength Radio. We'll see you next Friday.